0: checking you were not yet ready emotionally or spiritually to step into the role of lead pastor and part of why I've brought you here to Nigeria is to grow you in those areas of leadership so you could become the kind of shepherd that I need to lead my church welcome to first lead you a podcast dedicated to building leaders Expanding their capacity, improving their self-awareness through emotional intelligence, and developing deeper understanding of selfless leadership.
1: Hello, America, and welcome to First Lead You, where we believe selfless leadership is essential. America is suffering a leadership crisis. Self-awareness and emotional intelligence is the key to developing selfless leaders.
0: Now, here is personal growth coach, John Ballinger.
1: Hello, America, and Mr. Ford. Mr. Ballinger,
2: how's your week been? It's been a week. It has <laughs> been a week. That's a good answer. It has been, it's it an evasive answer, but it's a good answer. <laughs> is that a political answer? <laughs> political answer.
1: Can I do a shameless plug on a book I just finished?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Just finished reading Trey Gowdy's Start, Stay, Leave. Oh, yeah, that's a good book. It is an excellent book. Uh I I do believe and I've not confirmed this yet, but I believe I'm going to make it part of the top five books that need to be read.
2: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. strong.
1: It is. It is. Uh I was actually landing in Atlanta. Uh I was on approach. <laughs> wheels were down and I finished the last page of it. And yes, I do like to hold books in my hand and read them versus listening to them because I can make notes and I dog ear books like, Oh, that's good. So let me just flip that dog ear over on that page. But, uh, yeah, I was landing in Atlanta when I finished the book and, uh, recently sent, uh, an email to him.
2: Well, maybe he's listening.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, introducing the podcast to him and, Asking if he would come on and be a uh, a, a guest of ours uh, from the pillar of government,
2: because uh, oh, I mean, he, would, he would be excellent. He would be good at that. <laughs> he 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 will not remember this at all, so we shouldn't even ask him. But I was in the room with Trey Gowdy when I worked for the South Carolina Senate. He was uh, there for a bill signing and uh, some. Well, it's, I think we are actually doing a conference committee on a bill that he worked on, I think was a drunk driving bill and uh, he was in the room. This is obviously he was still a state solicitor um just before he got in Congress. But uh, yeah, so I've always felt like I had a connection with Trey. <laughs> you were in the he, room, <laughs> even though he has no idea who I am.
1: Yeah. Well, it's an excellent read. I would recommend it to uh, our listeners. Start stay and leave by Trey Gowdy. And what he does is actually goes through the process of, kind of bullet pointing, why I start something, why I stay in something or should I stay in something? And when do I leave? When's the, when's the appropriate time to leave? And I'm not going to give away, but there's, so, there's a humorous part of the book about, uh, him staying by himself that I thought was, <laughs>
2: oh yeah, that's exactly where I thought you were going to go with that. Yeah. It's a really good story, uh, that he tells about, uh, is, um, Staying by himself. Yeah,
1: so we won't we won't uh, belabor that anymore. But I'd love to to talk to him about that, you know, psychologically. (laughs) So, but uh, so we're number twelve, episode number twelve, and this driver is someone that most people would never even remember, Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy Spencer. Uh, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, he's not one of those that. But uh, yeah, er, early on in my NASCAR time. Um, Jimmy Spencer, and for those that are just picking up the podcast, we are naming each podcast after a NASCAR driver that I watched going around the circles. Well, we're at least
2: recognizing people who had the same number as the podcast we're on.
1: That's yeah. So we'll say that. So, but uh, it started out as kind of humorous, and 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 now we're just running with it. So uh, onward to ninety nine at some point, and uh, so it's good stuff. But today's episode is actually uh uh Shagun Habusa and his uh, uh work that he did for us at the f- at the inaugural first lead you conference and obviously he's in uh, uh Nigeria so he did a video which I thought was very well done It was a great video um and was well
2: received which we pulled the audio off the video that's what you're going to hear in just a few moments
1: yeah it was just a it was a great message for the people that were attending uh I think all of it was it was just great stuff, great great content. But uh they've the the audience have, our listeners have listened to the interview, now they're going to hear what his message was at the actual conference itself today.
2: Yeah, and he talks about several different lists uh of there's two or three different lists he refers to and he kind of goes through those. We've actually got that list is on, on our Facebook page and our LinkedIn page uh for this episode, so episode um uh, twelve. Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy Spencer. Uh and it will be um so you you'll be able to download that.
1: Yeah, which and they're great. I mean they are so they're it's the beginning of things that he had to go through to develop himself into the leader he should be. And these points are things that he learned through what you will be learning when it comes to journaling your pauses. So the so so Douglas the list that they're going to be able to see are a list of items that as Shagun started journaling his pauses that I told him uh, that started kind of coming to the surface and said oh if this then that and that was the cause of this and this is how I can overcome that and recognizing one of the things that we're good as humans is not recognizing right, right. so it's right there in front of us but a lot of times. Someone's got to point it out and that makes us bristle sometimes. Why are you, are you, you know, telling me that I should correct that or need to correct that. We don't, we don't like being corrected. Like you need to do that. You need to fix that. So, um, but I hope everyone enjoys this content from Shagoon and the, the uh, material that can be downloaded off of social media.
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Shegun Ayegusi, and I am a pastor and a missionary in the city of Joss in Plateau State, Nigeria. And uh, I want to share with you a little bit and teach a bit about this concept of the speed of leadership. So I don't know if you are at all familiar with Nigeria, um, but some of you may know that Joss, the city of Joss, has been really the epicenter of a lot of ethnic and religious and even terrorist violence in recent years and so what's happening is that a number of pastors who were once willing to die for their faith and who have endured endured years of persecution are now experiencing what can only be described as faith fatigue and ministry discouragement. And so in order to encourage pastors, equip pastors, um, we as a ministry established a pastoral training center here in the city of Jos. And so I'm the director of our ministry, the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. And the vision of our ministry is to develop emotionally and spiritually healthy uh, pastors who lead thriving churches. Now, prior to this role here in Nigeria, I was a teaching pastor on staff at Grace Church on the Mount in Randolph, New Jersey for about 15 years, and ministry was pretty great for us before we transitioned here to Nigeria. In fact, in the years leading up to our relocation to Nigeria, I was being prepared and groomed and mentored to really step into a lead pastor role, or at least that's where I thought the trajectory of my life was heading into. Well, around 2018 and 2019, it became clear that God was ultimately, you know, had a different agenda for us and was leading us in a different direction to another ministry leadership context here in Nigeria. And and so in the time we've been here, a little over two years, man, we've seen God do some incredible things. Incredibly impactful work through our ministry to Nigerian pastors. Um, In the last 12 months, we have trained over 750 pastors across several denominations, including Equa churches, Koken churches, Baptist churches, Foursquare gospel churches. And we actually have three denominational heads right now inviting us to come train their pastors. And so, all that is my background, and it's good and well. However, what no one tells you and what no one told me and that I had to learn um, on the field and on the job is that in the first 18 months of settling into this role, um, that I would be struggling with a number of closure issues. And I'm not even just talking about culture shock, but really something referred to as culture stress, where your heart, you know, wanders and wonders what could have been had you stayed back. And if I'm being honest, man, there were days when we would be, you know, in some large church here in Nigeria, training pastors and bishops and, and executive directors. And my heart would sometimes in the middle of this training be yearning to be back in, you know, grace church serving in the role of lead pastors. And, and so after several months of wrestling through this restlessness, um, I, I took this back to the Lord in prayer, and I, you know, essentially went to God in prayer and was accusing God, saying, you know, like, why did you mess up this great plan I had for my life? I was on track to becoming the next Nigerian American star pastor or whatever, and and I was accusing God, you had to mess that all up. A- and the Lord, in the most gracious and encouraging manner, spoke very kindly to my heart. And if I were to sum up what the Lord said, here it is: the Lord was essentially saying to me. Um, Shagan, you were not yet ready emotionally or spiritually to step into the role of lead pastor. And part of why I've brought you here to Nigeria is to grow you in those areas of leadership so you could become the kind of shepherd that I need to lead my church. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever um, had the experience of having a bucket of cold water dumped over your head while you were sleeping. But man, that was essentially the feeling I had when God spoke those words into my life. Like I literally had to sit up and shake myself and go, wait a minute, because it never occurred to me that I wasn't ready, you know, for the next level of leadership that I was so eager to jump into. You see, for the longest time, I assumed that pastoral leadership was about you know, leading people and it was about exegetical preaching skills, gifting, and charisma, all of which I had seen God bless in my life. But it never occurred to me that my lack of self-awareness, along with some emotional woundedness from my past that I hadn't really finished working through, it never occurred to me that those might actually impact my leadership. And so over the years, as I over the months, at the time it happened, as I processed this, and even more recently, as I was talking with John Ballinger, whom you've heard from and perhaps will be hearing from, one of the illustrations that began to form in my mind is this idea of how the speed of leadership changes at every next level of your leadership. And listen, if you get promoted into a higher level of leadership, but are still operating at the speed and pace of your previous role, man, you're going to get creamed. And by the way, when I talk about uh, the speed of leadership, it's not just about operating at a faster or a more intense level. Rather, it's about your ability to adjust to the pace and dynamics of your new level of leadership that you're in. You know, there's a perfect illustration of or a negative illustration of this a uh, hap playing out right now in the NBA in recent months. Uh, you might be familiar with the name Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, right? So Ja came into the league as a bright, young, dynamic player into the NBA. Dude has like a $200 million contract along with a Nike shoe deal and a, you know, top selling jersey. Yet, Despite all of that, in a string of incidents that have plagued this young man, he he's starting to reveal a lot of unhealthy behavior, some insight stuff that is slowing down his speed of leadership within the Grizzlies. He's been engaged in a series of violent off court, uh, violent behaviors on the court and off the court. And for, for a while, it's seeming like it's just getting worse and worse by the time you're watching because I don't even know how bad things are going to be for him with him waving guns on social media videos. You know, one African-American pro football Hall of Famer uh, pointed out that part of the problem with uh, was that John Morant was, you know bringing street behavior into the boardroom, into the NBA, right? Essentially, this guy has a $200 million contract and he wants people in the NBA to think, you know, he's all hood and to think that he's a gangster. All because he's chosen um, to surround himself with people who are headed to a different final destination. And also because once again, his behavior didn't just start out of nowhere, it stems from something deep within. And I think what this young man is missing is that what got him to this position is not the same thing that's going to take him to the next level of leadership. Something has to change in his speed of leadership because there are several things in his previous speed that are slowing him down. You know, as I stepped out of my role of being a teaching pastor on staff in New Jersey and transitioning here to Nigeria to become a ministry director of a pastoral training ministry, I began to learn really quickly about the symptoms of emotional and uh, emotionally emotional unhealthiness uh, in pastoral leadership, and that's common to several other leaders. In fact, let me share with you um, a a short list of 10, it's not short, but a list of 10 indicators that will let you know um, if you have been leading others, whatever industry you are, indicators that will let you know if you've been leading others from a place of emotional woundedness or unhealthiness or a lack of self-awareness. In fact, this inventory I'm going to share with you is part of our training that we do for pastors, and it's part of an online course we offer called Healing the Hurting Heart. Okay, so here are 10 indicators that reveal that something is internally off with you that is slowing you down from operating at the speed of leadership that you should be operating at. Number one, do you find that when you make a decision, you constantly worry if people will still like you? You're not worried about whether you made the right decision or the wrong decision, but you're more concerned about how your decision decision impacts how other people view you, whether you'll still be loved. This is the case. It's indicating to you that there's woundedness somewhere. Number two, uh, do you find yourself rehearsing strong speeches in private, but then when you end up in front of the person, you significantly soften your stance? Number three, do you have a hard time saying no to someone? Um, whenever you plan to say no, when you get into their presence, you end up saying yes, and you put a smile on your face, even though you feel frustration and annoyance building within. Number four, do you feel threatened? And do you vigorously defend yourself when challenged or offered correction, rather than actually listening to ponder the advice that's been being given? Number five. Do you have a hard time maintaining eye contact for longer than three seconds when speaking with someone whom you perceive to be more accomplished than you? Number six, do you continually apologize for your actions even when you're not at fault? You're just constantly, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Number seven, do you hold things in for a long time until you start to experience until you experience a burst of anger, right? You don't ever address the issue, you just wait till it piles up. Number eight, do you find that you are terrified of failing at something or looking inappropriate or stupid? Like all of us have a fear of failure, but those with a wounded heart are operating from a real place of deep woundedness. Number nine, do you struggle with a constant sense of envy? of other people's success. Like you're just constantly envious. Like no matter how great your work is, your project is, you're constantly comparing yourself with others and you only get a sense of worthiness if you're doing better than others. And then the last indicator that your speed of leadership is slowed down because of woundedness, do you find that you constantly attach your sense of worth to to, to your performance, especially your failures? For example, if a if a project doesn't go as planned, or if a supervisor says to you something like, you know, you did a bad job or you did terrible at this, you immediately personalize that and begin thinking to yourself, you know, I'm a failure. Why did I even start this? I should really quit. Like you just go all condemnation on yourself. So I know I went through the list fast, but my question is, as you were, I was going through what, what, what things were triggered. You know, this list is a diagnostic tool that reveals your level of self-awareness and as well as your self-management or awareness of self-management and relationship management. So self-awareness and self-management are really a reference to your ability to accurately perceive your emotions and to stay aware of them as they happen. And it includes um, managing your emotional reactions to specific situations and certain people. Like, are you aware of what easily triggers you? Social awareness and and relationship management really is a reference to your ability to pick up on the emotions of other people, like how well can you read a room. And each of these, or a good awareness of your levels of self management and social management, um, can make or break your speed of leadership. These are crucial. Because the more aware you are of, of the levels of these things in your life, the more you can start to realize that some of the conflict and some of the insecurities that you may be struggling with and that you think is because of other people or other things, um, your awareness may begin to reveal to you that a lot of what you're wrestling with actually stems from deep within issues in your own heart. Let me illustrate everything I just said with this picture. Um, imagine that you and I are playing around, we're playing basketball one-on-one and you were to smack my hand during the game. I, you know, It's a foul, but it's not a big offense, it's no thing. But imagine that same scenario for a second and imagine that I had a cut on my hand and I hadn't treated that hand, I hadn't done anything to it, I just let it stay there for a few days. Well, what would happen? That hand would become sore, right? It'd become painful, it becomes become swollen, it becomes become sensitive. Now imagine that you and I playing basketball again and you unintentionally smacked that exact wound. What would happen? Well, what would happen is that my reaction would be disproportionate to your action, which tells you what? It tells you that something is off with me or it tells me rather that that something is not quite settled in my own life. And, and that is a picture of how a lack of self awareness and a lack of social awareness and a lack of self management and the lack of relationship management that tells us how it can affect our leadership. You know, the irony. Is that if you are an insecure leader whose emotional intelligence is very low, whose speed of leadership is very slow, the reality is that pretty much everyone around you will be aware of it, except for you. Yet they may not ever say anything to you because they're afraid of you. They're triggered by you. You know, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in the Bible says, Guard your hearts above all else. With all due diligence, because out of this heart spring forth the issues of life. And so with the speed of leadership and with this training, part of what we do is try to help you unpack the things that are slowing you down. Let me wrap up uh, this short talk by giving you really three questions that I'd like for you to ponder and that will help you work through and and think through influences and circumstances that are impacting your speed of leadership. I'll put them on the screen so you can see them. The first one is this. What insecurities from your past or even present are impacting your leadership? In other words, what's one insecurity in your life that always shows up whenever someone challenges your leadership? Number two, um, in what ways have you been conforming to other people's expectations of you? Like what might be one specific way that you give in to expectation of others rather than being faithful to the true you that God has created you to be? And then lastly, this, this, this will require a little digging going back and digging deep. Um, What message or messages did you receive from your father or mother or male or female caregiver growing up that's still playing in your mind? For example, some of you grew up in homes where you were told, you know, don't, be weak, right? Education is everything. Uh, You must achieve to be loved, right? Don't shame the family. Don't let people see your emotion and etc. Like all of these things have a way of replaying in your mind. You know, throughout this uh, first Lead You conference you're at, you'll be hearing from different speakers who will speak to this issue of the speed of leadership. But these three questions will help you begin to work through that process and begin the process of unpacking things that may be slowing you down. I pray that God blesses you as you work through this and that you experience freedom and you become the best version of your leadership that God has appointed you to be. God bless.
1: Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed Shagun Busa's message uh, from the first lead you conference. Um, when I, when I received the content from his team, um, I, I ran and grabbed you and said, man, you got to listen to this. This is good stuff.
2: Oh yeah. It was absolutely uh, great stuff. The video obviously helps uh, convey the message a little bit better, uh, but the audio from it is excellent. And if you go and download uh, those lists that he talked about, I know he went through them kind of quick, and some of the some of the bullet points he had were kind of long, so that's why we want to provide the list, but uh, from our uh, LinkedIn page or uh, Facebook page. And if you're looking for it, it's the number one, S-T-L-E-A-D, and the letter U. First lead U, uh, much like our logo for the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that that's – by the way, it's a cool logo. I like the logo. It looks good on a shirt.
2: It does look good on a shirt.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, one S-T-L-E-A-D and the letter U, first lead you. So we hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode of first lead you and look forward to number 13 dropping. Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13.
2: Next week. All right. Thank you, Mr. Ford. Thank you, Mr. Bounder. Have a great week.
1: You too.